Ever since you can remember, you felt something in your chest telling you to move, to love, to speak, to try. Day after day, you pretend you don't hear it calling, or maybe you dismiss it as silliness or worse. But it's there, ready for you, and it will wait for you as long as you need. My name is Johnny G, and I invite you to join me on a journey of awakening as we dare to embrace our light. This is Refractive. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Refractive. I'm your host, Johnny G. Kareen Summers is the founder of Artisan Pharmacy. That's pharmacy with an F. She's a Reiki master teacher, energy healer. She's a business coach for conscious entrepreneurs. She's a meditation and mindfulness coach. She's a corporate wellness specialist and a yoga instructor too. She studied throughout the US, India, Tibet, Nepal, Spain, and Australia. You can reach out to Kareen with any questions at hello at artisanpharmacy.com. And again, that's pharmacy with an F, not a PH. Welcome, Kareen. It's so nice to have you with us. Uh, thank you for that introduction and thank you for having me. Yes. Uh, yes. People always people always get that wrong with the, even if I say pharmacy, it's like a farm, F-A-R-M-A-C-Y. <laughs> people will still spell it the other way. Um, but, you know, that's the whole idea that we have so much in nature uh, that we can access to use uh, for our own health and well-being, to release stress and anxiety and um, improve our uh, raise our frequency, raise our vibration. And so it's kind of a play on words there. I have a shop that has all kinds of tools and products that you can use to, uh, you know, in, improve it, live, live a toxin-free life and benefit from all of the beauty that nature has given us. That's excellent. I have to say, um, one of my closest friends from childhood, her name is Karen, and uh, it's spelled very similarly to your name. So if I pronounce your name Karen, please know that it's just falling into these uh, into these old habits, uh, but I, I I do want to make sure and show you the respect of of calling you Kareen as your as your name. But thank you for your patience with that. Oh no worries at all. Most people call me Corinne, uh, so I won't. I, it doesn't bother me one bit. But the Corinne is from my two grandmothers, Cora and Irene. So my mom put them together. So nobody else is actually named that. So I think your mind, <laughs> just like pharmacy and pharmacy, your mind yeah. automatically wants to do what you know. So I don't. <laughs> definitely no hard feelings here. <laughs> Absolutely. Where are you broadcasting from today? Today I'm in Pittsburgh, PA. So I've lived all over. I spent time in Washington, DC, Chicago, Illinois, and Seattle. Mm -hmm. um, and then I've been splitting my time between Pittsburgh and New York City since the pandemic. I'm, I'm closer to family and mm -hmm. um, yeah, just wanted to kind of transition back to be closer to, to where my family was primarily. You're just so like Mr. Rogers, hopping back and forth from Pittsburgh to NYC back and forth every week. <laughs> you know, keeping life fun. <laughs> I was surprised by how beautiful Pittsburgh was the first time I went there. I, you know, I expected here. What's that? You've been here. Yeah. Well, you know, I lived in Philadelphia for four years. And um, so I did have the opportunity to go out to Pittsburgh and visit. And I, I expected it when you hear about the Rust Belt and I don't know, I just expected it to, to look a little bit run down. Uh, but when I got there, I was blown away with all the beautiful yellow bridges and, you know, the sleek skyscrapers and there's so much charm. And uh, I said, wow, I really 
judged a book by its cover without even having been there. And so, you know, you certainly do live in a beautiful place. Uh, that's great that you've been here. I agree. The, the bridges are beautiful and it has such a pretty skyline with the rivers and everything. It's skyline and then the rivers, it just, it's really beautiful for especially a small city. Yeah. So today we're talking about Reiki, and this is something that I know is near and dear to your heart. And I just have a feeling that this is something, uh, it, it's a concept that will be useful for the listeners today. And I know that you've dedicated a lot of time and energy to, uh, you know, to supporting people through Reiki healing. And so thank you for being willing to come on and share that knowledge, share that experience and help us all become a little more comfortable with Reiki. So why don't we start by uh, you giving us just a, a high level overview of what it is and we can dig deeper as we go on. Wonderful. Yes, it's a great place to start. Uh, and I have a lot of, I have done a lot of things. I have a lot of titles and certifications, but my primarily primary modality is Reiki and the chakras. So different types of um, he, uh, energetic hygiene practices, I, I like to call them. Uh, but we'll start with my favorite and the most basic description, which is from one of my uh, best friends and another coach. His name's Alex Terranova. And he said, you know, Reiki was, is kind of like that feeling you get when a little puppy runs up to you and jumps up to you and starts to lick your face. You know, you just like, you can't help but smile. Like you feel really happy. You feel really, you like instantly feel good. Um, and I just love that because it was so true when he said it, I just like laughed out loud. I was like, man, you're totally right. It is, it is like that feeling or anything, you know, that makes you feel warm and fuzzy inside. That's it's usually how you feel after uh, a Reiki session or anytime you're using that practice, uh, but more officially, uh, it's often referred to as a stress reduction and deep relaxation technique. Uh, so that's kind of the, the, the main, you know, more formal uh, description that's used. But I also think of it more as, uh, I mentioned energetic hygiene. So yeah. a way, just like we brush our teeth or, you know, take care of our physical body and our mental body, maybe through, you know, education and meditation and, and things like that. There's all these different techniques for different layers to our body. Uh, and these ancient practices also recognize our energetic body. It comes from a, the, the koshas, you may have, maybe have heard of that, Ayurveda, they, they talk a lot about these energy as well. So does Chinese medicine. Mm -hmm. So does, um, wait, what else talks a lot about that type of energy? Reiki, Chinese medicine, I'm missing what, the, chak the chakras. Um, but it's essentially being able to release things that you are stressed about or releasing physical tension. It's recognizing where you need to heal, where you need to release and let go of things. Mm -hmm. And then also opening the door for greater health and well-being, greater positivity. Um, but it's something that, you know, if we're doing it all the time, energetically, we usually, we feel, we feel better. We feel generally those things that people crave or want in life. We feel more positive or uh, more relaxed and at ease and we stay more in balance. So mm -hmm. there's less extremes on, yeah. on the sides we have, it's, it creates more of like a state of a state of flow as you're using these tools regularly. That's awesome. And, you know, I have to confess that I know so little about Reiki and um, as a part of my own spiritual path, I do a lot of energy work through visualizations and um, uh, yeah, I mean, visualizations is the way to, is the, is the way to, to talk about it. I imagine 
different frequencies and colors and wavelengths and um, different energies. And I, you know, uh, one, one of the biggest steps forward for me in this was when I was reading Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now uh, in my first months of spiritual seeking. And he talked about how if you just concentrate on your hand, you'll eventually start to feel the life force in your hand. You'll just feel the tingling. And once I experienced that and I was able to um, guide the sensation around my body to different parts of my body, that opened the door for me in my meditations and in my quiet practices to start to direct the flow of my energy um, according to whatever my intuition told me to do, not having any training, not having any background information on it. And then as I moved into working with guided meditations, obviously there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of working with your energy flow in, in, in some guided meditation. So that was the next step for me, but this in understanding what makes a particular modality of energy work, Reiki, all of this, this is, this is something that I'm not an expert in. So um, what is the, what makes Reiki Reiki versus other type of energy work? I love also that you were like, I know nothing about Reiki. And then what you described to me, you're essentially already a um, Reiki level one practitioner because Great. you are like that uh, knowledge and idea of activating your life force energy and then being able to send it to yourself around your body. That's essentially what we learn in uh, Reiki level one. And then we move on to learn uh, how to also use it on friends and family, on pets. Uh, when you become a Reiki master, you can also do it distantly and then certify other Reiki teachers and practitioners. Um, so that's something that I do. I have a Reiki uh, practitioner certification coming up here pretty soon, uh, which I'm really excited about. But yeah, you're already doing it. You're turning right. on and activating your life force energy in the hands. So interestingly enough, they're considered an extension of the, the heart and the heart chakra or that, that energy center. So, uh, you know, we're, we're essentially using, using the hands as a way to um, activate and then guide and direct the energy. Uh, but you never actually put your hands on, on somebody. And you know, with yourself as well, you're, you're um, kind of directing the energy and it's through, you know, you mentioned visualization, visualization uh, is also, and meditation are another really big part of that. There's also an invocation. So some specific language and then a way of setting up each session that's used that you learn when you become a practitioner and a master. Um, but you know, it, it, that's, that's exactly what we're doing. So I forget what the original question is. I'm sorry. Oh yeah. So what distinguishes Reiki from let's say other energy modalities? I, I imagine mm -hmm. that there are many, many, many different, uh, ways of working with energy and Reiki is just one. So, uh, could you help clarify a little bit on that? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, the other one I, I missed earlier was shamanism. So that's another oh, okay. using energy and this idea also of intention. So when you're doing any of these types of practices, there's generally an intention for something to be healed or an intention for something to come to the surface um, and be released. And so that's how we have such a huge Im impact in it. There's usually an intention there. And then 
each modality is using different tools or techniques. So for instance, um, in, in something like shamanism, you know, we, we use drums and different instruments, feathers, there's also herbs like rapé and, um, you know, combo and different things, ayahuasca, you know, different uh, plant medicines that might be used. Um, and then in something you know, there's, there's there's something different is going to be used in uh, Chinese medicine. You know, that's a lot of a lot of herbs, but it also they're really connected to the idea of qi and universal life force energy. So, again, that's that's another type of energy energy healing. And then the chakras, you know, they also use different tools. So it's a lot of the same ideas and principles and I, idea that we have power. And we do have the ability, we, we don't, we can't control everything, but there's a lot that we can control through yeah. our thoughts, through setting intentions and through tapping into those deeper layers of our, of our human bodies. The idea that we have a spirit and a soul and an energy layer, that there's an energetic function to us and we're mm -hmm. not just flesh, you know, physical form there, there's a lot more than that. So it really resonated with me when I first started to read writings on how illness is a physical manifestation of an energy blockage or an energy issue. And, um, you know, there are lots of divergent ideas on that. And, you know, there's a school of thought that, you know, cancer is often related to um, unprocessed anger, uh, or fear or, or clenching and things like that. So I, I would assume that when it comes to Reiki, one of the goals is to process these, um, let's say this residue that emotions leave with us so that, uh, is that what you mean when you talk about energy hygiene? Yeah, because it doesn't, you know, specifically cure your disease, but it creates the environment that healing can occur. Yeah. Um, so I, I, that idea shocked me too. I had Lyme disease since 2010. I've now put almost all of my symptoms into remission, but yeah. it was really, it was really a difficult part of my awakening when I realized that I had actually manifested it through exactly what you just said, some fear, anger, trauma that I experienced, uh, through multiple un unfortunate events that I dealt with very young in my life that, left me in a bad place. And, um, you know, that journey was part of what brought me here and to yeah. being a Reiki master, you know, I, I learned all this stuff because it was helping me and I wasn't getting the answers I needed from Western medicine. Yes. Uh, and as soon as I started to implement all of these practices, my healing began. It's taken me a long time, you know, because I was really sick, but it has absolutely changed my life. And it is an absolute joy and honor you know, that I, I'm able to, to give these tools to others. I've seen so much transformation and growth and the, um, the gift of peace too, and realizing that there is something you can do. I think that's hard when you're dealing with something that's an autoimmune related or cancer. I mean, so many diseases, we don't have answers and it can feel frustrating to be told that there's no other door to open or that you just have to keep basically doing the same thing and you're going to be sick forever, or there's always a risk of, of, you know, something else happening. Um, so I felt really empowered by this knowledge and that 
I, you know, it, it gave me motivation again and, and really helped empower me to continue down my path and to keep trying and seeking better and better and better and better and yeah. been really cool experience. You know, it's hard to flat out negate the power of energetics in physical healing. I mean, you hear all the time that doctors, you know, one of the things that makes such a big difference in the recovery of patients is if the patient believes it's possible to recover, right? If the patient has that attitude of optimism and is willing to work with the treatments and, um, and, and believing the impact of the treatments. And you, you hear that all the time, all the time. Like, this is not some crazy woo woo thing. Like this is literally doctors will tell you my patients who are on board with the treatment and who believe in the potential of the treatment do better than the patients who are hopeless. And so, I mean, how else can you explain it? But it, it, it's a matter of managing your energy in a way to in, in a way that benefits you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There are actually a lot of hospitals. I don't know the exact number. I know at one point, a couple of years ago, it was like hundreds, but there are quite a few hospitals that have, that use Reiki. They have Reiki practitioners come into the hospital and actually do it right there at the hospital with the patients. If it's something that the patient wants and the more knowledge we have about these things, um, you know, the, the more acceptance there is, the more inclusion of them there is. And for a really long time, there has been the separation between Western and Eastern medicine. Yeah. They work most beautifully together, right? Mm -hmm. When we have, you know, that's what I envision for our future that we're able to use both. There are definitely things that energetic healing, you know, Reiki or setting an intention or using a drum, like isn't going to <laughs> heal. You're, you might need surgery. You might yeah need something really serious. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's understanding that we're not just physical bodies. And I think that yes. mind, body, spirit kind of, um, you know, cohesion. And when we create this harmony and we understand that we have these other layers, that's why that allows, um, everything else you're doing to work and creates that environment for growth and progress in whatever else you're doing, because yeah. you're, you're recognizing, oh yeah, I'm all these pieces. I'm all these parts. There are other things that I need to consider. I'm not just one faceted, you know, as humans, I think we try to almost pigeonhole ourselves or yeah. um, try to be like everybody else. And what I love about these things is that they, these practices recognize we are also energy. It's okay to have emotion. Yes. You're going to have emotion flow through you. You have to let it flow. The more you resist, the more blockage, the more um, struggle you're creating for yourself in different areas of your life. So accept yourself for who you are and where you are and love yourself for that. And um, yeah, it's a cool, it's a beautiful philosophy. It is because, you know, what's the difference between a living body and a dead body? You know what I mean? Like, like what is the difference between the body that starts to decay and fall apart and the body that is living and thriving? It's that there is this energy flowing through it, right? There is this animating energy that exists, that, that interacts with the physical aspects of the body. And, um, through this intelligent design or whatever you want to call it, uh, the body does these magical things. Right. And so I, I think it's short-sighted to look at uh, to dismiss energetics as an important part of healthy physical living. Um, you know, it just makes a lot of sense to me. 
I wonder, go ahead, please. Have you ever taken a Reiki session yourself? So I um, had a spiritual coach early on my path and she did quite a bit of energy work sessions with me and she didn't call it Reiki. She just called it energy sessions uh, where um, she would, it was remote and she would spend time going through blockages, densities in my energy field and things like that. So I was so new to this spiritual path. I didn't quite know what to make of it, but I felt mostly open-minded toward it. I trusted her. I trusted her lifetime of, um, of focus on this. And I trusted her breadth of knowledge on metaphysics and spirituality. And so uh, even though I, I didn't understand what was happening, I surrendered myself to it. And I definitely felt, um, I could just, I, I could just feel sensations moving throughout my body during them. So, uh, you know, I guess that's the best answer I could give you. It sounds like there was uh, some Reiki modality going on in that. Yeah, it absolutely does. And it can be done distantly. Um, I'm a Reiki master, so I can do my sessions, one-on-one sessions for my Reiki certification programs with people from my computer, which is great, especially since COVID happened. Um, yes. I do. It's it's. I love being with people in real life, and it's something I miss so much. Um, especially if you're doing something like that, and something hard comes up, it's nice to be able to hug somebody or you know yeah. create another a layer of your 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 connection in the physical realm. Um, but in these COVID days, it's so wonderful that we can do it remotely. And you have you know I was a little when I went full like fully like that. I've got to admit I was a little bit like worried. I'm like, is it going to be the same? Are people yes. going to have the same impact? Are they going to have the same, you know, level of success with this? Um, and it has been the same. Uh, we, we maybe, maybe even stronger for some reason. I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's, it's created some really, really beautiful practices. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, I just yeah. totally lost my train of thought. Of course. Um, He'll come back. Yeah. Hmm. Where was I going to go with that one? Would you tell us kind of what happens during a, a Reiki energy session? Yeah, and you'll have to excuse my my cat here. He's oh, cats are like always. Anytime welcome. I'm doing a Reiki session or even talking about Reiki, uh, I swear I like start to feel the energy in my cats. I have two of them, and they love it. They'll come and yes. sit on my lap, or they always want to be close by. Mm-hmm. Animals um, know what's up. So, what happens in a Reiki session? Um, when we're any kind of Reiki session, whether we're in person or doing it distantly, you know, at first we're going to talk a little bit, especially if you're new, get to know each other a little bit um, and talk about anything specific that you may want to address. So if there's something physically going on or mentally, you know, emotionally going on that you want to be addressed, uh, I invite you to let me know so that then I can spend, you know, time directing, you know, the energy towards that area. Or I can just do it intuitively if you don't have something specific and you're using it for more relaxation or if you're not comfortable sharing. And it's amazing, the intuitive, it's it works every time. Yeah. Even when I started and I was doubting myself and I would just go with my gut and you know, you're like, you have to, you have to risk it. Gotta get to know if this is, if this is working yeah. and you would make, your, make your guess. <laughs> and it was always spot on. So that always impresses me as well about, about this energy and the way it works. 
Um, so we might talk a little bit about that. And then the student is going to just get comfortable, relax, uh, get under a blanket. You can be in bed. Usually I invite you to lie down. It's best mm -hmm. if you're lying down and just letting the body completely relax, letting the nervous system relax, uh, play some gentle music, close your eyes. And it's like a meditation in that way. Or um, yoga nidra, if, you, if anyone's ever done a yoga nidra meditation, it's also an ancient uh, practice or meditation for sleep, for deep sleep. And so, yeah, you just, you let go, relax and let the energy flow. <laughs> and on my end, um, you know, I do, like I said, a little invocation and there are certain, you know, certain things that I say to kind of get it started, certain things that I focus my attention on and visualize, and uh, then we begin. And the session might last, you could do 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, an hour is usually, usually the max. Yeah. And uh, you just, you have your experience. And then afterwards, where we talk a little bit, you share anything and ask any questions you might have. And yeah, that's, that's about it. It's pretty simple. It's very similar to a meditation, but mm -hmm. I think the impact in how you, I think how you feel is, is different. You might, you, there's more um, sensory like yes tingling or warmth you might have visualizations and see things some people feel like they go almost into a trance-like state okay where mm -hmm. they completely almost fall asleep or they go somewhere else and they feel like they went somewhere else and and to another dimension and and came back so the experiences can be can be very different you might have emotion you might cry mm -hmm. um, that's just another way of the body releasing yeah so other than just for energetic health, right? For, for maintaining healthy energy. Um, what are some reasons that someone would seek out uh, Reiki energy work? Oh, if you just want to feel more relaxed or mm -hmm. at ease, mm -hmm. if you want to raise your, raise your frequency, raise your vibration, you know, just feel mm -hmm. better, have more energy, feel more joyful, yeah. all of those things. Um, you know, I think it also works with, I believe a lot in that we are, you know, we attract things based on our energy. And I do a lot of work with visualization, as, as yeah. you mentioned, and manifestation. And so at an intention setting, those are like all very related and, you know, as you improve your own health and well-being in all of these different areas, mind, body, physical, or um, spiritual, as we improve our energy and just, and that just means health, right? Like as we improve our health and we continue to feel better and better and better in all of those areas, the ripple effect of change also occurs and we begin to then attract more and more and more better and better, better things in all of those areas and, you know, continue to, to rise upward and that trajectory so yeah. i don't think there's a reason not to practice reiki, or <laughs> reiki. i think everyone should do it and that everyone yeah. should be a level one and two practitioner at least level one yeah um just because it's such a powerful practice just for yourself yeah and especially right now with everything going on in covid the world is so heavy yes. we all need a little more lightness we all need mm -hmm. a little more love and um, you know, I, I see it as almost pure love vibration, pure love energy. You're, you're channeling pure love when you're doing it and when you're receiving it, that's often what you feel. So yeah. who doesn't need that? <laughs> no, I, I almost see it as kind of like an energy version of a massage, right? You go and it, it's just a way to, um, get relief from, the tension and the stress and the pressure that, that we're in. And I see kind of the same impact almost 
for Reiki as you would get from a massage where it's, it's, it's almost like a reinvigoration. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good way of putting it. I like the term uh, energetic massage because people do often, one of the misconceptions is that it's very similar to a massage and that there's physical contact happening. Um, I think, especially because a lot of the pictures, you know, there's like hands hovering, but you can't always tell. Um, But it's, it's definitely not a massage. Um, And it's, you know, the, the, the energy is also not your own. So I think that's another common misconception that the energy is coming from the practitioner. But one of the things I always say in my, at the beginning is that I'm not giving that person any of my energy. I'm not taking on any of theirs. There's a boundary there. You know, I'm not, I, I actually feel like that's inappropriate when people try to uh, when commingle that. Mm-hmm. It's tapping into something that's bigger and something that's, you know, b- bigger and stronger than all of us. It's tapping mm-hmm. into that, you know, universal life force energy or um, other, you know, key, key et cetera. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned that your personal difficulties of suffering through Lyme disease, and I know that there was a period of um, misdiagnosis in your past that really created a lot of pain and frustration for you, and that this was foundational to arriving where you are today. I wonder how do you see the progression of that path and why did you why do you think that suffering that you went through that challenge brought you into becoming a reiki master and all the other roles that you play to help people on their spiritual journey? I think for me it was my it was meant to happen it was my destiny it was part of what I I would have never ended up here if it weren't for what I went through. I wouldn't have been seeking so many other answers. I did travel to India, Nepal, and Tibet and and started studying these things before I knew I had, I was so sick. Um, In 2010 was when I was bit by the tick and was first diagnosed. I had the bullseye rash and everything. And so they put me on some antibiotics and then told me I should be fine. I was in my, you know, mid twenties, early twenties and was like, okay. And just went on with my life. Yeah. And shortly after that was when I took this big trip and had deepened my studying in in yoga and meditation. I started studying Ayurveda, which I was introduced to while I was there. I spent a lot of time in, I spent time in Tibet and Indian monasteries and just enriching my, my spiritual life through so much ancient wisdom that I had never heard of before. And there was something about it that just resonated with me. You know, I, I couldn't deny the way I felt in this knowing of, you know, this is, this is truth. And I felt it in my body and uh, you know, there was just, it, it completely, completely shifted me. So it was, it was that was kind of the, the, the starting point. And then after that, when I came back to the United States, it was at that time I had moved out to Seattle and that was about when I started to find myself really, really sick in 2012 things. Just, I had random things happening and then just kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Uh-huh. Um, I went through a lot of misdiagnosis and then it took all the way until 2018 for them to figure out that I still had Lyme disease from 2010. And so during that time, they basically, nobody knew what was wrong with me. I had misdiagnosis after misdiagnosis, nothing was helping. And so I was really frustrated and started to seek other answers. And I knew, you know, I had started planting those seeds already with the yoga meditation and Ayurveda. And I just went right down the rabbit hole <laughs> of that. Like hold your nose and jump. 
Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. I dove into all of the modalities and all of the all of the, the tools. And now I've kind of streamlined, you know, I, I I brought it all in. And that's one of the things I like about the work that I do because I, I've studied so many different different things that I can kind of bring them together and realize where there are, are synchronicities and, and give people tools to help them where they are, because we're all different too. We mm-hmm. all need different things. And yeah. so that's what's beautiful about this. There's different things that might work for different people. And, um, you know, you have to ultimately, no matter where you are on your journey, whether you're healing from something or not, find what works for you. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to um, becoming a Reiki master, what is the progression along the path of learning Reiki, understanding it, starting to practice it, and then qualifying to become a teacher or, or whatever the path is? Mm, yes. So you start with Reiki level one, which is practicing on yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you move on to practicing and being able to practice on your friends and family, and then being able to take clients and uh, use it on your pets as well. So in the first one, you can practice on yourself, close friends and family you know, more casually. But then when you get your second level practitioner, you can also practice on clients and you know take money and, and add it to you know, modalities that you may offer an existing business. Or you can also use it in a lot of other practices. You know, I think for anyone that wants to bring more positivity and light to anything that you do, yeah. if you're a leader in a business, it's going to improve communication and your ability to create positive environments in the, in the workforce. Yeah. If you're a teacher, you know, it's going to help you with also creating that positive, calm environment in, in school or with your students. If you're a cook, you know, they say, if you're a cook, you can actually infuse the energy in your food. And uh, it's funny, I've heard, I've heard rumors and myths about restaurant owner, like, you know, restaurants <laughs> that they have a Reiki chef and it's like, always, yeah. they're always sold out. They're just always sold out. <laughs> yes. So Reiki could be, be for anyone, especially in those first two levels, you know, you could use it for anything. Um, but to become a master, you're a little more invested. You know, oh, oh, in the, the first two, you can do each one in a day. Reiki level one is one day. Reiki level two is another full day. And then there's a lot of reading material and other, other things. Uh, and then you have to practice for six months at minimum before you can become a master with okay. clients. Mm-hmm. Now, Although master is much more intense. You know, it's a it's three days of full sun up to sundown training and it's pretty it's pretty exhausting actually it's a lot of a lot of work a lot of uh energy being a lot of mental energy and your own healing that's happening as well when you're when you're doing it but um I imagine when you take on that title of Reiki master I mean you have a certain commitment and obligation to the people that that are hiring you um, to I don't know I, I I imagine that there there must be what am I even asking I guess how how do you manage the quality of the work that you do with people how does someone make sure that they are truly being uh a high quality practitioner of Reiki for their clients. Uh, how do you manage your own energetic hygiene and your own vibration so that you are meeting this commitment to quality for your clients? 
Mm, great question. I, and that's, it's basically minding my own energy. You know, if I need to be a clean portal and, and vessel to be able to tap into it and feel like I'm doing my best and to deliver my best. Um, so it's really important for me to do all the things that I do every day to every day and every week. I have a lot of rituals, so you probably don't want me to name them all because <laughs> I have like, I mean, so many teas and herbs and different things yeah. that I use. Most of them you can get on my website though, um, mm -hmm. artisanpharmacy.com and then my shop, or you could go directly to the shop.artisanpharmacy.com. Mm -hmm. And a lot of what I use is there. Everything from, you know, dry brushing tools to keep my lymphatic system healthy, to jade rollers to keep my skin healthy, to all those herbs and, and nutrients and vitamins and, and things that I take to keep my physical body healthy and to keep my Lyme symptoms, my chronic Lyme symptoms in remission. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, oils and sprays and sages and uh, all of that good stuff. Uh, I also use some, a lot of Ayurvedic uh, practices and shamanic practices that mm -hmm. those ones mm -hmm. might be a little more unfamiliar to people. Um, so I'll mention them. And if anyone wants to know more, please email me. Uh, you can do your own research, but if you will email me, I will, I will also, you know, shoot some things your way. And those are things like um, nausea oil. So it's some, it's oil drops that you put in your nose and that's for, uh, you know, this entire area, the third mm -hmm. eye also penny, opening the pineal gland or activating uh, your, your third eye energy, uh, which you may or may not be familiar with. And, you know, different massage oils as well. And then some shamanic tools like rapé, which is, are you familiar with that? No, tell me about it. It's an ancient, like it uses tobacco, um, but like pure tobacco and uh, some other herbs and it's mixed by different shamanic tribes. And then you can, you can use it yourself. And it, it's also something that goes up your nose. It's one mm -hmm. of the ways that uh, herbs and different, um, uh, what's the word I want to, I want to use. If you're using either oils or herbs, I know it's something that a lot of Westerners are like put kind of. Mm -hmm. maybe you would shy away from or be unfamiliar with because we don't use a lot of things in our nose. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's usually drugs. <laughs> You're, right? most people, most yeah, people speak for yourself, Kareem. Most people associate it. <laughs> most people associate it with something negative. Um, but it's actually one of the ways uh, that things can permeate the blood brain barrier and mm -hmm. get into our system the fastest. And mm -hmm. so it's interesting that a lot of ancient practices use those kinds of tools. Um, so I do, I do all kinds of stuff and then obviously meditation and yoga and self Reiki. I do Reiki yeah. on myself as well. Mm -hmm. Getting outside though, that's something that's like the simplest way you can improve your energy and, yeah. uh, you know, shift into a, a more positive state. So that's a can lot of things. Yeah. Can you give, can you recommend a couple of, of ways that people can manage their own energy. You talked about going outside, getting in the sun for a little bit of time. What are some other ways? You know, for me, I know that um, there's certain TV that I can't watch. Uh, I, uh, there's there's certain types of, of TV programs that really stick to me like a like a like a scum, and and they affect my energy. And um, you know, so that's that's one way that I try to manage my energy is is by controlling what I'm exposed to as far as entertainment, what are some other practices that you would recommend to listeners? Mm, I'm actually so glad that you brought that up 
because it's really important in a world full of overstimulus and we're surrounded by technology and we don't always, we can't always control that, right? Or we can, but we have, we have to, we have to, we have to make the decision. Okay. Yes. What do I want in my energy field? Uh, what do I actually want to expose my, myself to? We can't control that technology exists and we're probably gonna have to be on social media and be someone involved and we're going to go on the internet and we're going to see some news, but control the things that you can make sure you're following positive people that uplift you and make you feel good yes. in your yes. news feed. block, change your homepage. So you're not surrounded by negative news all the time and limit the time that you act, allow yourself to be exposed to what's going on in the world and media that might impact you. Don't do it before bed, yeah. a different time of the day and limit it. Um, things even like blocking notifications that might come in that might be disruptive. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing is noticing in yourself um, what, what is making me feel good? Yes. What is making me feel bad? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the basic. What makes me feel good? What makes me feel bad? Something makes you feel bad. Try to get that out of your life. Yeah. Something that makes you feel good. Try to include more of it. Mm -hmm. um, the best you can. Yeah. I, you know, for me, I, I've gone through a, a series of changing my news providers um, from in the past, you know, I was exposed to so much um, drama in the headlines. And it, like you said, it, it just feels gross. It feels gross. It does not feel good. And so I found that for, and I, I can only speak for me, I'm not, you know, but for me, I found that when I was reading the headlines on my CNN app, that it, there was just a lot of emotional words being used. And um, so I started to do some research and from CNN, I moved to NPR which had a slightly softer tone to the headlines because I don't necessarily read news articles. I just scroll through the headlines to know what's happening around the world. But even the headlines were too much for me on the CNN app. And then, um, but I found that NPR also, uh, I, I, I found myself less and less satisfied with it. And I eventually landed at Reuters. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> So I use Reuters. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, like, like snore, 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 the most boring news source in the world, Reuters. But that's the point. The point is that I want to know if, you know, I want to know what's happening, but I don't want to be emotionally manipulated for clicks and things. And so that has also, um, in addition to TV, been an important part. And I love that you mentioned managing your news intake because yeah it's 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 a machine it absolutely is and fear is what sells so it's important to remember that since advertisers pay the news sources so yeah. i've actually balanced um i've had i've also changed a, a lot of where you know i i stay pretty well rounded of just understanding what the what different uh demographics are saying but i have switched a lot of my uh, information brought to real people. Like I always, I always verify things or that's where I sort of balance out the tide. Cause you can usually believe my mom always told me growing up, like 50% of what happened, what, what people say is probably the truth. And yeah. if there's two things on the opposite, you're probably somewhere right in the middle. Yes. But to me, yes. that's a great way of kind of taking a, taking a scoop, a scope <laughs> and then deciding, okay, probably somewhere right around here and hearing yeah. from real people. You know, I, mm -hmm. I love that with social media, that's something we didn't have the ability to do before to mm -hmm. see 
what's happening in the real world from real people all over the world. Yes. Uh, and so I, I always, I always like to, to do that as well. I agree. Wonderful. But. So if listeners want to learn more about you, what you offer, they want to learn about Reiki and energy work, um, how can they better explore that? I'll head over to my website, which is Artisan Pharmacy, spelled A-R-T-I-S-A-N, and then pharmacy with an F, F-A-R-M-A-C-Y dot com. And I have a lot of information there. In the menu bar at the top, there's, um, you can just hit hit Reiki. And then there's a drop down with my Reiki one-on-one to book and more information about the Reiki certification, which yeah. is coming up. I have, I have a one and two certification coming up in the middle of March. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing, um, you know, information calls up for that right now. If anybody's interested in learning more, let's hop on the phone uh, for, you know, one of those calls. And that'd be a great way to just ask any questions and get any more clarification. Uh, I also have a lot of information on my website. Mm-hmm. The Reiki organization. Those are some other great ways to just start to deepen, deepen your knowledge about Reiki in particular. Thank you so much for sharing this broad wealth of information that you have. I mean, you've dedicated so much time and effort to um, to delivering this this offering to the world, and uh, I just appreciate you being so generous with that information. Oh my gosh, thanks for having me and giving me an opportunity to share. Uh, I really believe, you know, at this time in the world and everything that we're going through, that there's never been a more important time for this knowledge to get out there yes. and for people to have more tools to, to take their power back and to spread peace and love, right? We, spreading peace and love to others is, is so important right now. And we all have the power to be that beacon of light. In yes. our families and our friendships and our communities, in any relationship, um, in anything we we speak, you know, to others, we we have that ability and and that power to be the type of people that empower other people. Yes. Um, and we need more of that. <laughs> we need a lot more of that right now to start to shift this tide. And I know that we will, and I completely believe that we can and that it will happen. Um, but yeah, if it's ever something you've thought about or that resonated with you, um, start to dig deeper. That's right. That's right. You're speaking my language now, Karina. I love it. So, uh, <laughs> I know. Everyone, I actually wish we could have started with that. <laughs> everyone Times of chaos. I never needed anything more than peace and power. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. It, that's, and, and you know, that's what our insides are guiding us to do. That's what our inner wisdom is asking us to do. It's we're, 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 that's you mentioned earlier. If something feels bad, reduce its presence in your life. If something feels nourishing, increase its presence in your life. That's what it comes down to. You know, uh, let, you know, honor those signals we have to enrich our experience. That's right. Good. Yeah. And we, t- you know, we talk about all these, I gave you that list of like official tools that I use just because mm-hmm. I know people really like to hear those things. If there's something that people are always looking for, for different things that they can do, but honestly, some of the best things that we can do to improve our joy is the basics, like hugging someone yeah. you love, yeah. call them on the phone, get outside in nature, hug a tree. I hug a lot mm. of trees. <laughs> <laughs> there's an instant, instant change. They have studied the way the impact on our nervous system and our heart rate and mm-hmm. our own electromagnetic field. When you put your hands on a tree, mm-hmm. like, tune into the pulse in your hands and how it changes. 
there is a palpable difference. And I think anyone can feel that or the wind on your face, the sun on your face. Yeah. I know it's cold in a lot of the world right now, but um, you know, those are, those are laugh with your kids, play, forget about, forget about work for a little while. Do your favorite thing. If that's running, eating a delicious meal, you know, it doesn't matter what it is laying in your bed, just doing nothing. Um, it doesn't, the answer doesn't always have to be something like meditation or yoga or, you know, a specific practice. Sometimes it's just enjoying your life and taking the time to allow yourself to do that. That's powerful. That's powerful. Thank you everyone for tuning in to this episode of Refractive. Remember that you can reach Kareen at hello at artisanpharmacy.com. That's F-A-R-M-A-C-Y. And um, if you have any questions for me, also don't hesitate to reach out. You can find my information in the show notes. As you go out in the world and you encounter people who might be struggling throughout their day, always take advantage of the opportunity to aim your light. Take care. You have been listening to Refractive Podcast, and this is Johnny G. If you've enjoyed today's episode, do me a favor, give it a share on social media, or if you're in the podcast app, give it a rating. If you're on YouTube, click like. It really does make a difference in the search results. I am a speaker, coach, and facilitator based in Washington, D.C., but I work in person and remotely with people who are ready to step with clarity into their most authentic life. If I can be of service, reach out to me, Johnny, J-O-H-N-N-Y at refractivecoaching.com. Have an amazing day. Be good to each other. And always remember, aim your light. <laughs>